You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Morning. So good to be here with you. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors, one of the team here at the church. And uh, hello to everyone on the balcony. Give me a wave. We are full up there today. That is awesome. Well, it's incredible to have you. We are in a sermon series at the minute, if you're new, called This Is A Move. And we're just talking about what does it look like to step into the things of God, to join with what God is already doing and see an outbreak of his kingdom. And today, I'm talking about healing the sick. So my plan is for this morning, we are going to read a bit of the Bible. We're going to share a few stories. And we are then going to pray for some people here that are not well. And my expectation this morning is that we will see some people get healed. We will see Jesus do something remarkable amongst us. For many years, I don't know about you, but for many years, it was inconceivable to me that God might want to use me to see people get better, to see those that were sick get healed. I remember going to a conference when I was about 16 years old, and there was a man who was speaking at the conference who had practiced um, praying for the sick for, for many, many years, and he'd seen God do remarkable things. And um, he told this one particular story of uh, a man who came to him who had AIDS, and he had, he had sores. I remember this story. It stuck out like a sore thumb. He had sores all over his head, which were weeping, and this, this pastor went up to him and and he, as he told the story, he said he, be, he hugged this man who had sores on his head, and he began to kiss the sores. And as he began to kiss, which I'm sure you don't want to do, I imagine, and uh, as he began to kiss the sores, he saw them with his eyes close up and heal completely. And I thought, if that's what it means to get into healing the sick, I'm not sure I can do it. <laughs> Is that what it takes? But I remember thinking after that, man, does God still heal people today? Does God still do that? Would God want to use me for that? And we were leaving the conference venue and I was walking with a friend, having this internal monologue, God, why, why don't you, would you want to use me? I want, I want to see stuff like that. I want to see God, you do incredible things. And at that time, um, at that moment, my friend who I was walking with said, oh, I've got a really bad headache, really bad headache. She said, I've got a headache all the way through. I'm in, I'm in real pain. And um, I, if I'm honest, I don't think I had the faith to offer to pray for her. So I didn't say anything, but in my head, I said, Jesus, would you heal her? And she went, huh, that's weird. And I said, why? What, what do you mean? And she said, well, my headache's just gone. And then I said, I just prayed for you. She was like, no, you didn't. I was like, well, I did in my head. I had very little faith and just asked Jesus to do something, and he did. Fast forward a couple of years later, I was on this journey of longing to see God do more in my life, but being super afraid to take any risks and step out of the boat. And um, I remember being at another conference. It's so annoying how these stories always happen at conferences. That's not the way it's meant to be, by the way. These things should be happening every single day, all the time. Good. So that's what we're going to see today. But I was at this other conference, and... um, 
they, they kind of invited people forward that needed prayer, and I went forward and I, I started praying for a friend of mine who was in our church. Uh, he's not in our church. And I said, what do you want prayer for? And he said, well, I've got problems with my, um, my knee tendons. So he, he loved football, and he, I think he had tendonitis, so he was no longer able to play football. And he said, even the journey down to course to live for in the car brings to him real pain and real you know, discomfort in his tendons in his knee. So I, 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 I leant down and, and I put my hand on his knee and I began to pray and just invite the power of God to break into that situation. And underneath my hand, I could feel his tendon tensing and loosening. There was something weird going on. I was freaking out a little bit. And I was praying and praying in the name of Jesus and took it off and I said, well, how do you feel? Test it out. And he said, it is completely better. So much so that he went back to playing football the next week. And on the drive back, I did encourage him to keep testing out on the drive back to Hull. He was able to sit in a cramped up the back of a car and experience no pain at all. Remarkable. Now, this was a long time ago, and we like to tell stories that are recent. So let me give you a couple more from just the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago at an evening service, I was, I was sharing. I think we were doing a ministry time, and I felt like the Lord gave me... Um, uh, a word, uh, kind of, that someone has injured their left ankle. I'm not sure if I've told this story uh, uh, at morning or evening, but I said, it's someone here that's got uh, an injury to their left ankle. Someone came forward, and it was someone in our church that had a kind of a, a brace on their left ankle. Not, not a brace, one of those sprain socks. You know, you know which, what I mean? And, and he had it on the left ankle. So then a few people came forward and began to pray for this guy. And within about two minutes, the sock was off, he was rolling it around the air, and he said, completely healed. And I spoke to him just on Thursday saying, I want to tell that story. Are you okay? And he said, I'm completely fine. At our, at our soup kitchen, the table, there's a phenomenal amount of power going on there. I think sometimes when you spend time amongst those that are incredibly broken, that's where the heart of Jesus is. And as you step into loving them, um, you see remarkable breakthrough. We've got a, a bunch of witches that are coming to our soup kitchen at the minute, which I think is amazing and so exciting. The power of God is moving. And uh, we saw another shoulder getting healed. Apparently he had no mobility, was prayed for. By the end of it, his arm was loose and he was doing this. Isn't that incredible? God is doing something. And I hope that as I share these stories, the faith level in the room would rise a little bit so that we can take steps into what God has for us. Because I believe God is looking for a generation who will step into the impossible, who will say yes to the supernatural, who for them it would become the normal Christian life. So let me share a few thoughts on healing from the scripture. Healing the sick was a fundamental part of the life and the ministry of Jesus. When he laid out his mission statement in Luke chapter 4, describing the work he'd been sent to do, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. In Matthew chapter 9, it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and what? Healing every disease and sickness. 
So as Jesus declared the good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God was near, that people could reach out and touch and experience the the goodness of God's kingdom, he also demonstrated the reality of the kingdom by healing people's bodies and minds and lives. Too often, church, we want to separate those two things out. But we are called to be a people of word and spirit who show and tell the gospel who declare and demonstrate. I don't know who it was that said this. I've heard David Watson say it, John Wimber, Pilavachi. But there's this great quote which says, All word and no spirit we dry up. All spirit and no word we blow up. Both word and spirit we grow up. It's a good quote, isn't it? R.T. Kendall said this, When the word and spirit come together, revival will follow. And I sense that's what God is doing in this season, just calling us to be a people who are uh, faithful to Scripture, orthodox in our reading of the Bible. Uh, We love the Word of God, but we also acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is on the move today, and we want to say yes to that and step into what God is doing. So Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom. Now remember, the kingdom of God is his rule and reign. It is the way things were always meant to be. Jesus came to establish to inaugurate the rule of God and to make things right again. Jesus didn't just come to get us into heaven. He came to bring heaven down to earth. He came to undo that which was broken and usher in God's perfect world. Now, the kingdom of God, how many of you know, is not theoretical. It's not an idea. It's not just a belief system. The kingdom is a tangible spiritual reality that should transform everything that we can encounter. But for many Christians today, it is just something I know about. Following Jesus involves knowing a lot of stuff about God and trying not to do bad stuff. For years, that was my experience. Anyone else? I'm going to try and learn some stuff about God and try not to do terrible things. If I can get through the day without sinning that much, that's a good day for me. But Alan Scott, pastor of Vineyard Anaheim, says this, following Jesus is not about sin avoidance. It's about kingdom abundance. Jesus doesn't just save us from something. He saves us for something. He saves us from death for life. He saves us from the kingdom of darkness for the kingdom of his son, to be sons and daughters. He places an authority on us, the spirit within us, and an assignment upon our life to step into his plans and purposes, to bring the kingdom of God to every place, to every person, every environment, every atmosphere we go. Wherever we take a step, we carry his light, we carry his presence, we carry his power. Now, for many of us, this is something we wish were true. But if we're honest with ourselves, certainly for me, the reality is very different. I long to see more. I long to see God do more in our life and in our church and in our city. So Jesus lived this out. He proclaimed that the, gospel, the kingdom was near and then he healed people's bodies and minds and cast out demons and raised the dead. He demonstrated the presence of the future age to come. Now, this was not just for Jesus. The first instructions Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10 was this, heal the sick. He calls the 12 disciples to him 
And it says he gives them authority over unclean spirits. He gives them authority to heal every disease and affliction, and then he sends them out. He sends them out. But this call wasn't just for the 12 either. Jesus then expands the circle in Luke chapter 10. Jesus gathers the 72 to himself. And he equips them and he sends them out and he gives them these instructions. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick, Jesus said. Notice that healing the sick was always designed to be operated in outside the building, outside the church, among the broken and the needy, among the lost. Go and heal the sick and tell them that there's a way to experience life, and that is in the kingdom of God. But what we do when we're in environments like this is these are really, really helpful spaces where God's power can break in and we can learn and train of how to pray for those that are sick. Someone once said that the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. That's an old vineyard thing. So what we're going to do this morning is practice how to pray for those that are sick so that Monday morning we can get out there and see it happen with people that don't know Jesus. So then the circle expands even more. We see the 12, then the 72. Then what happens in Matthew 28? Jesus gives the 11 apostles the Great Commission, which is what? Says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Most of the time we finish at baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says, teach them everything that I have taught you, which includes what? Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, preaching the gospel. Which tells us this, church. We were built and designed to operate in the realm of the supernatural and in the realm of the impossible. Notice how when Jesus sends people out, he gives them two things. He releases two things upon them. He releases assignment and he releases delegates authority. He speaks purpose over them. He gives them instructions, a job description, go and do this. And he gives them authority and power to operate in that sphere. Let me ask a challenging question that I've been asking myself all week long. Has the authority, has this authority been removed from the church? Have we as followers of Jesus been disempowered to do the works of Jesus? Have we lost authority over the demonic or over sickness? I think the answer is no. And if not, I want to suggest that there is an authority on our life and our church that we are not yet fully stepped into, which is awesome, because it means there's more. There's more that God wants to do. There is more. There is an authority on us as sons and daughters that if we only realized it could change everything, and there is an assignment on our life as sons and daughters that if we only realized it could change everything. So I want to pick out a few principles from the scripture in the book of Acts, for how they prayed for the sick, and then we're going to give it a go. Does that sound good? Right, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. 
Here we see two guys, Peter and John, who are living and walking fully in assignment and authority. We're going to start in verse 1 of Acts chapter 3. It says this, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Verse 3, seeing Peter and John about to go into temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let me draw out some principles from this about how we can grow and step into healing. Firstly, it's important to note that Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer. It's three in the afternoon. This was a common practice for them. In other words, they are on their way to church. They are on their way somewhere. This is a normal day. This is an ordinary moment. This is part of their everyday routine. They didn't go out looking for encounter, but they were open in that moment for heavenly interruption. If I'm honest, I used to be a lot better at this than I am now. I don't know about you, but I feel like COVID has caused our, many of our spiritual muscles to atrophy. Anyone else with me on that? Certainly, like my experience. So I'm preparing this talk thinking, oh, Lord, I need, to, I need to be doing some more of this stuff. I need to be stepping out. So if you're feeling like that, well, join the club. So I go to Lidl and... Um, and I'm like, you know, when you're preparing for a tour like this, you're like, God, pull something out of the bag so I've got a story to share. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, so I go to Little. No, I'm just thinking about this. I'm feeling challenged and feeling like the Lord is calling me out. I'm preaching to myself just as much as anyone else. And walking around Little with Ivy and um, Ivy's in the pram. And there's a, there's a guy working um, in the aisle. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't know him, never spoken to him before in my life. But I'm praying, I'm thinking, Lord, would you, would you just do something? And, and I look at this guy and I felt the Lord say, just talk to him. So I went over and I said, um, and this is, not a, this is not a crazy story at all. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I went up to him and said, and I felt like the Lord said, this guy is, is looking for home. I went up to him and said, are you part of a church, man? And he goes, he like, look, guilt. Um, he goes, no, I'm not, but I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church. And I go, well, man, I'm, you know, I'm one of the pastors of a local church. Do you want to come to church? And he's like, I'd love to. Can I get your number? And I'm like, really? You want my number? Okay, great. Let's exchange numbers. So we exchanged numbers. We were texting all day yesterday. He's going to come to church tonight. And... Um, 
it struck me as just one of those really simple little moments of like stepping out. And if I'm honest, I felt, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want, I'm here to do the shopping, not to have these conversations. But actually, as we step out, I just think God is always on the move out there and we need to join in with what he is doing. So Peter and John were living life. They were going about their daily business, aware at any moment that God could interrupt their day with a divine encounter. Why? Because they knew their assignment. They knew their assignment is to bring the kingdom. And I believe, church, that it is the call, the mandate, the assignment on every follower of Jesus to partner with heaven to release healing on the earth. Most people think their job is their assignment. I would suggest that your job is somewhere that God has placed you to intentionally operate in your real assignment, which is to release the kingdom of God. Now, for some, that's slightly more complicated than others, of course, but uh, I think our vocation is quite different to our calling a lot of times. And I'm actually convinced that one of the reasons we don't see more power and more kingdom invasion is because we are simply too busy. We've walked from our assignment and become consumed with lesser things. What if God was wanting to interrupt our ordinary, everyday life with moments that could bring transformation? Are we awake to that, church? What if today, here in this building, God had put on your heart something for you to distribute, something for you to give to someone else, a word for you to give, a prayer for you to to pray, a gift something which could rewrite someone's destiny. Most of the time, if we're really honest, we are unwilling to be interrupted, but I think there are people every single day that we bump into by chance that God wants us to reach out to. Verse two says, there's now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter He asked them for money. He didn't ask for healing. If you notice that, he didn't ask for salvation. He asked for money. He probably had zero expectation that healing was available. Most people in our world don't realize that freedom and healing and hope are available to them. Most people in Hull that are caught in sickness or addiction, or or relational breakdown, or financial disrepair. They have no hope. They don't know that there is someone called Jesus who wants to bring life, who wants to bring freedom. So many people in our world live under the tyranny of hopelessness. And church, this is why we exist. To be light, to be soul, to reach out, to make a difference to offer Jesus because he is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Whether your marriage is about to break down, Jesus is the answer. If you're sick or addicted or oppressed, Jesus is the answer. If you've messed up or made poor choices, Jesus is the answer. Listen, our situation might not always change immediately when Jesus gets involved. Sometimes it will. But encounter with Jesus in the midst of storm changes everything all the time even if it just changes how we view the storm, because Jesus is with us in the storm. So let's move on. Jesus, uh, the man says to Peter and John, can I have some money? Peter looked straight at him, verse four, as did John. Then Peter says, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. 
I wonder if you find these verses weird. I do, because it's almost irrelevant. You would imagine if the two people having a conversation, the writer wouldn't need to specify that they are looking at each other. I don't know if anywhere else in the Bible where it says they were having a conversation and they both looked at each other. But the author wants us to see something profound, I think, in these verses. Peter looks straight at him. Before the healing came, Peter fixed his attention, his gaze on this man. Who was it? Well, it was a man who had been sick, disabled from birth. In that culture, those with disabilities would have been considered without value, unable to work, mostly ignored by people, completely unseen. But the author wants us to know that seeing someone preceded the healing. Peter and John stopped and they saw. They looked straight at the man and they asked the man to look at them, which suggests the man was maybe looking at the floor, just asking for money, hopeless, in despair. Peter says, lift your gaze. And for me, this is a beautiful picture of the heart of God. This is a beautiful picture of compassion and the love of the Father. Peter saw this forgotten person. He saw someone that is unseen. His heart was breaking for a man who was so broken. Healing the sick must come from a place of love. It's not about seeing the spectacular. It's about releasing the heart of God into a broken body and seeing hope restored. It's about letting the love of God invade. And I think when God sees our hearts breaking for those that are broken, I wonder if that is something that releases something. I don't know about that, but I just wonder, like, when God sees our heart breaking for the broken, I wonder if God's like, that's a motivation. I wonder if that will accelerate something. So who in our world, guys, does God want us to see that has lived ignored for many years? Who in our church feels unseen that needs to know that they are deeply loved and valued? So Peter looks at him and then Peter says in verse 6, Now I have tried this once. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I tried that once and it didn't work. (laughs) But I thought this is going to be a story to tell and uh, (laughs) never was. Now notice how they pray for healing. This is how we're going to pray for healing this morning. They don't ask God to heal, which is interesting. He says, what I have, I give to you. They give what they are carrying. They operate from the overflow of their authority and their identity as sons and daughters. Now this doesn't mean that Peter and John are doing the healing. They are not doing the healing. It's clear in the scripture, it says that God does the healing. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples pray a prayer, and they pray that God will stretch out his hand to heal. So we're going to pray that as well, that this morning God will stretch out his hand to heal. So God heals, but followers of Jesus have the authority as sons and daughters to distribute that healing. I find that fascinating. And here's a powerful principle. In the kingdom of God, you can only give what you know you have. Remember when Jesus says to his disciples, freely you've received, so freely give. The disciples were aware of the power living in them, the authority that they carry, the assignment that they've been given to, the instructions, go and heal the sick. So they went and they said, I've been given this stuff. I've got, a, I've got the authority. I've got the power. Therefore, I'm going to release that into your broken body. God healed the man. 
But Peter and John chose to stop. They chose to look. They chose to speak healing. And God responds. What if God wanted to release more healing on the earth, but he's waiting for us to step out? What if God, I'm going to say that again, what if God wanted to release healing upon the earth, but was waiting for us to step out? I remember once complaining to God about why I was not seeing many people healed. God spoke to my heart. He said, well, how many people have you prayed for? I said, none. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, that's why. Someone once went to John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, and he said, John, I prayed for someone. They didn't get healed. What do I do? John laughed and said, go pray for a thousand people. God does the healing. It's really important for us to understand that. And there are moments when we pray for someone and they don't get healed. Let me say that. If the pressure is off, we are not doing anything. God is sovereign. God goes where he wants. The spirit blows where he wills. But our job is to step in, step out and step in in faith and see if God would respond in that moment. And he so often does. So notice, notice how Peter prayed. He prays in the name of Jesus and he spoke healing. He commanded healing. That's all it took. He knew what he carried. And, and this is our model as a church. We, we use this model. When you pray for someone, we pray in the name of Jesus and we speak healing and life. John Wimber used to say, tell the body what you want it to do. We have that authority. It's crazy. We say, leg be healed in Jesus' name. Headache leave in Jesus' name. Pain go in Jesus' name. As Peter and John says, stand up in Jesus' name. And Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. Often when I've read this passage, I've missed this line. Peter took him by the hand and raised him up. And as he did that, immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Now, to me, this looks like taking a risk because he's not yet healed. So Peter and John say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And then Peter's like, I've got to to step out here. Reaches down, grabs the hand and lifts up. And almost in response to that, the legs, immediately it says the legs were made strong. And I wonder whether this this man was healed because of the prayer or because of the act of faith of stepping the man up. I don't know what the answer to that question is. But what I do know is that God loves it when we take a risk. Wimby used to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. God loves it when we take a risk. God loves it when we step out of the boat and make ourselves willing to look a bit silly. When we step out, God steps in. When we move, God moves. Isn't it crazy that God responds to humans? God responds to us. And so then what happens? He jumps to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. And what happened? All of a sudden, the news about the gospel spreads because of the power demonstrated in this moment. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And to stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. 
Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.